man. How about that? That was good. How about the Tuesday edition of the bullpen here? Let's do this. Yeah. I wasn't ready before. Damn it, I'm ready now. You're ready let's now. Do this. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Let's, no, let's, a, that is ready. a prerequisite, my friend, of coming on the air. You got to be ready. Got to be ready. You got to be no, ready I'm for these ready, things. man. Let's do this. So this is the Tuesday edition of the bullpen. He is Brandon Elkins, and I am Patrick Osborne. And you got us for the next hour here at the hour. The next hour. The next hour. The hour. Next hour. Yeah, I'm doing my best. Uh, Wisconsin. Wisconsin. You got us for next hour here on uh, 1027 ESPN, and uh, we got yeah, we got a lot to get through yeah. today. Uh, but we, first, how are you? As we always do. We don't. Yeah, okay. I don't ever ask you enough how you are. We always, you know, whenever I, I stroll in. We're always right to it. We get to doing our thing. We get to prepping for our lovely listeners, our five listeners listening from all around the world except here. <laughs> but uh, well, I, I appreciate you yeah, asking. So I want to know how you, you know, how you doing? How you doing? Because I'm a married man, so I don't I don't hear that question very often oh, anymore. So man, thank you for sh- asking. My that, shot that was a shot at my wife. Oh no! All in good fun. I also not wife. listening, so it doesn't yeah, matter. Right, right. <laughs> she's she's uh, busy with other more 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 pressing matters. Yes. I do it okay. You know, uh, the, these are the longer days I've been putting. Lately, you know, sure. so that's uh, helping me sleep better on the back end. Good. Also, a uh, real pain to get up in the morning. Do you do you take a nap when you get home? Uh, not intentionally. No. Okay. Uh, some <laughs> days fair. it just happens. Yeah. Uh, and, and other days it doesn't happen. You know, I get up at two two thirty five is when my alarm yeah, goes off in the go, morning. Can we just do a little uh, run through of how your day goes because it's a pretty extreme. Two thirty five. If I'm not awake by that time, the what alarm time do you goes go to off. Bed? I it used to be around eight, but but now it's close somewhere between nine and ten. Oh, that's uh, still yeah. so late yeah, though. It's awful <laughs> for waking up at two uh, thirty. So two thirty, you know, if I'm if I'm not away already by then, the alarm goes off. I get up, I shower, I get out of the shower and get dressed. I've got a diabetic dog, so she's mm. got to get uh, insulin twice a twice PB? a day. That's PB. Yeah, PB. So PB gets her insulin and, and food <laughs> at three. Uh, then I'm out the door. Three a.m. Three a.m. So she is set. At a 3 a.m. breakfast schedule. 3 a.m. and 3 p.m. Yeah, it's got to be 12 hours apart yeah, for yeah, her yeah. insulin. So, for yeah, sure. uh, because of my work schedule. Yeah. Uh, which is a real pain on Saturday and Sunday when I don't have to get up, but I still have to get up. Is that our weekends rough for you? No, well, I mean, have you been able to differentiate? Not really. You know, I've been long? doing I've been doing early morning radio for 16 years, sure. so I'm as used to it as I'm ever going to get. And the problem is Saturdays and Sundays when I could sleep in, I'm wide awake yeah. at 2 a.m. <sighs> Couldn't possibly go back to sleep no. if I wanted to. But so Monday you're just, Friday, you're just running the same schedule right. every single day of the week. Yeah, it's Groundhog Day, my friend. Oh, Groundhog Day, indeed. But, you know, I, I get, I, I'm a lucky man. I get yes. to get... There are pictures of me from when I was young enough to still be in diapers with a Fisher-Price tape recorder and a microphone attached to it. So I'm doing something that I've wanted to do since Aww. I was a little boy. So, you know, as Cute. brutal as the work schedule could be sometimes... Nothing else on this planet I'd rather be doing. Amen, brother. And I'm Amen. in here with the great Brandon Elkins. Hey, that's me. How bullpen. you doing? <laughs> so, uh, you know, we uh, we talked a lot yesterday about uh, the Longhorn season, the upcoming Longhorn season, and uh, some of their unfortunate injuries that they've experienced already. Yeah. Uh, but we also came out yesterday uh, with uh, the new AP uh, top, uh, top 25 poll. Uh, which your your Texas Longhorns are not on, I might surprisingly. Add. Uh, but the new power rankings are out ahead of the uh, start of the new season. I know you love power I rankings. Love power rankings, no, man. They mean them. everything. Top five probably not going to be much of a surprise sure. for most of you. And you look at this; it's uh, Crimson Tide uh, of Alabama, the Buckeyes of Ohio State, the Bulldogs of Georgia, the Tigers of Clemson, and the Fighting Irish of Notre Dame. Five out truly the top five. shocking programs in the top five. Uh, programs that most people. I mean, come on, let's face it. I know, they're good. Most of us probably don't care about them. I don't. I don't. But it's only because I'm sick of them. The only reason I care about Alabama is because week two of the Longhorns, they're going to come in and stomp a hole. We just see the same damn teams every 
every, every year. year. <laughs> I was going to say five years, but... It didn't sound like No, it. no, 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 no. <laughs> I'm just... No, it... I'm sorry. I admit every, 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 I don't know why I was going to say five years. I swear I'm not going to swear on, on live air. Well, I'm that's all right. That's best. why we got a dump. I know we got a dump button. We got eight seconds worth it, of delay. It really sound so close, but I, 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 my, my brain haywired. But it, again, it's the same five teams every single year. Typically I'm is. over it. Let's get some different programs. I, I, I mean, I know that's just how it is in college sports because they're the best at recruiting and they get the best players, but... I'm ready for a change, man. Or at least I hear you. We need to expand so we get these other teams who don't you don't normally see them in the playoffs. Right. Get them in there. See what they can do any given Saturday. Like the SMU Mustangs. Yeah. Somebody can, like that. Sure. Why not? Yeah. I mean, yeah. Well, uh, there there are some 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 favorite schools uh, of the area though on this list. Number seven on the power rankings, uh, the Texas A&M Aggies, uh, who likely are going to have their most important game uh, in October against the Alabama Crimson Tide. Again, uh, but they got you know they got some great uh, great offense there. I think uh, some, as good as their offense can be, I think that's probably one of their biggest question marks as well. Oklahoma Sooners number nine on that list, uh, and as always, their big games come on October eighth against, against the Longhorns. What time is it? Uh, that I don't know. You mean like right now? One oh seven. One oh seven. Oh, and OU still sucks. <laughs> Welcome. This is yeah, right, all right. You know, you've been here just long enough to get it now. Look, all Ed right. hates it when I do it. Beto doesn't mind, so I haven't got to do it too much. But yeah, that felt good. I don't like Oklahoma. I'm sorry. Uh, well, you know, I'm not a fan. I think only Oklahoma likes Oklahoma. Amen. Uh, number ten on this list, we got the Baylor Bears. Uh, big game coming up uh, later on this season against Oklahoma State Cowboys. Probably their biggest, uh, their biggest one there. I pulled this one just for our friend Northside Dave. <laughs> number sixteen on this list. Miami Hurricanes. You're too kind. And their biggest game probably going to be against uh, Texas A&M on September 17th. Oh, that's cool. Arkansas Razorbacks, number 17. Your Texas Longhorns, number 23 in the power rankings. Uh, with, wow. uh, once again, uh, you know, the big game coming up in October against uh, the, the Red River Shootout, I might say. Did you notice if they were the only team in this power rankings that has a losing record? Who the Longhorns? Yeah, uh, because that's kind of what I it think seems. They are what? It, yeah, that kind of seems. Kind of seems like it. I mean, this is a bit of a truncated list because I, I didn't pull all of them because there are a lot well, of schools on here. But you don't normally see teams in the top twenty-five power rankings with a losing record. That does so say a lot. It does. Five say and a seven lot. they went last year. Yeah. Uh, you know, Hudson Card, Quinn Ewers. Uh, they've got uh, other great names: Bijan Robinson, Xavier Worthy. We just Brandon, need Brandon Thompson. Back now. Yeah, I mean, uh, the, I think for, for as we've discussed quite at length, I think the Longhorns' their real big weakness is still. A lot of the questions, I think, are still in their defense. Absolutely. We're going to have to find out where they stand. And then uh, last on this list, not last on the last on the list, I pulled number 24 here, uh, last Texas uh, team on the list, the Houston Cougars, number 24. Last on the list, not last in our hearts. That's right. Uh, actually, I've, over the years, I, maybe it's because I worked in Houston for several years, uh, but I, I, I've kind of grown, for some reason I can't explain, to like the Houston Cougars. I kind of started following them uh, around the Case Keenum, just slinging I, that it may left have been and right I in every which direction yeah. back then. I don't remember when that was, but I mean that you know, Keenum was, a while was fantastic. Ago for us, but it was it was very yeah, really, electric to and watch he, out he's, there. You know, got a, he had himself a decent NFL career too. He, yeah. he got to play on a bunch of teams, probably some big important games. So yeah, good for him. Yeah, yeah. So those a uh, little bit of a rundown there of the uh, top uh, the the power rankings and the college football power rankings ahead of uh, the. Uh, what am now, I trying to say? Will here? you remember the first game of the season? Will you remember all these at the end of the season and see who was right? Yeah, I'll hold on to this and we'll go back and we'll see what happened and I what don't didn't. Believe you. you don't? I don't believe you. Okay. I think you'll lose it. 
Okay. Well, I may. <laughs> I may. You may I throw mean, it away right when we're done with this. There, there, there are plenty of days. I don't remember what I did two minutes ago. So, what time is it? Uh, oh, it's uh, just kidding. Oh, you still suck. Is that where you're going? I won't ruin that. I'm going to ruin that. I never. I, the first the first game I ever went to to see the Longhorns play at uh, at, at at home. Mm. It was it was actually their 2005 season. Their very first game. A of very their championship good season, season for them. Yeah, yes. it worked out well for them that year. And uh, I remember being a little caught off guard. We were playing a. Uh, Louisiana Lafayette, I believe that that uh, game and Is that half they play week one this year. Louisiana Monroe, Monroe this year. thank you. But half the stadiums out there screaming, "Oh, you sucks!" And I'm like, I don't think they can hear you in Norman right now. <laughs> I, I, what are you guys doing? I should have known better. I grew up in a Longhorn uh, household. But, yeah, you know, that's just you know. That's, 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 that's funny. the thing. That's like when uh, my first uh, Seattle SuperSonic game in like 1991. We were playing that. I don't know why I have such a vivid memory of this, but we were. I was way up in the rafters with my my dad and his his friends, and I remember I was like maybe six, six or seven mm-hmm. at the time, and I remember the New York uh, Knicks were running on the fi- or running onto court, and everybody started booing them, and I'm the only person going, you know, just trying to be the good sport, like, <laughs> and then it's kind of slow motion, like, oh, we're not. Clap it. Why are they booing? Well, when That's was so this? Mean. Like 91? So this was still the Pat Riley days? Uh, probably. Pat, I mean, Patrick Ewing That's days. the only memory I have of that game. I don't know if we won or lost and, and how it went. I just I just remember being so confused. Clapping and, you know, just being a good sport for the team to come onto the court. But everyone was just booing the crap out of them. Yeah. So. If ever there was a time to cheer for the Knicks, it would have been back then. I, I they, nah. they, they had a very enjoyable team to watch back nah. then. I loved watching the Knicks play back in the 90s. Patrick Ewing kid. played for the Sonics for a year. So he that, did. Was, that was weird. He did. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> So, uh, so staying with college football here, you know, we talked a lot yesterday, too, about uh, some, some key injuries that the Longhorns experienced on Saturday. And yeah. uh, the, the, the Coach, Coach Sarkeesian. It's going to happen, but these seem pretty big. Yeah, and, and uh, Steve Sar- Sarkeesian really is, is, I mean, he said you've got Junior Engelau, Isaiah Naor out for the season, both of whom uh, have uh, suffered ACL injuries. Mm-hmm. Not looking good for them, and uh, he had a little bit more to say about these injuries they experienced in the uh, scrimmage the other day. Recap the scrimmage Saturday. I thought the energy, the tempo was really good Saturday. Like you've been asking me and things that we talked about coming out of the offseason, getting ready for camp, You know what were some of the things of importance from a defensive perspective was the ball. And the ball was definitely alive Saturday. I think we had three interceptions. I think we caused four fumbles, didn't recover all of them, but that's a great start to attacking the football from a defensive perspective. But the line of scrimmage was really physical on both sides of the ball, which was, which was good for us. I thought seeing the young players in action was obviously good to see, to watch them run around first time kind of being out there on the field by themselves in settings where you can go from all the different scenarios and you see certain guys respond and certain guys that have work to do and that and that's okay but it, at least it gave us a little bit of a gauge on that front you know obviously we you know we had a couple pretty significant injuries Saturday losing Junior uh, Angulao and Isaiah Nair to season-ending injuries which was tough but that's that's the game you know I mean football is is the game and that's why you got to continue to build depth so they have other guys to step up and, and play I hate it for them I feel for those guys that both had really good off seasons to get ready for the season so my prayers go out to them and and them getting better and getting healthy and and coming back stronger than ever and you know for us now it's next man up you know and we got to make sure that we've got those pieces in place which I think we've done a good job of in recruiting to ensure that we can do that so you know we got plenty of time we'll be okay on that front we had a couple other guys get nicked up that are going to be out for a short limited time Roshan Johnson uh, Jade Barron and Cole Hudson so 
no different than probably a lot of other teams. About this time of camp, you start to get nicked up. Unfortunately, we had a couple season ending, but like I said, the next guy's got to be able to step up and go. And unfortunately, you know, we lost a couple other guys for, for a few days, maybe a week or two, but they'll get themselves back. Yeah, so I mean, this, these are big losses right yeah. here. Uh, yep. You know, I mean, uh, Junior Angelau, he's is a fifth-year offensive lineman, started 34 games for the Horns over the past three seasons. Uh, and then, of course, uh, wide receiver Isaiah Nair, uh, newcomer, transferred from Wyoming, both out with ACL injuries, season-ending in, uh, season injuries. Uh, both were expected so, to be major contributors yeah, this season. That's such a bummer. That's, uh, oh, that's awful. Of course, in Junior Engelau, he's Texas' most experienced offensive lineman, and that's really a position where the Longhorns have struggled in well, recent years. Yeah, he, now it's going to be his vocal leadership that's yeah. going to help him out. Uh, there were also, let's see, uh, he, he also mentioned a couple of other minor injuries, and those uh, looks like were uh, Cole Hudson, uh, offensive lineman, uh, running back Roshan Johnson, defensive back Jade Barron, uh, he describes as being nicked up. Uh, That's and, okay. And uh, he, he, you know, it, here's uh, he had this to say when uh, when asked if he thought, you know, if some of these nicked up players may be back sooner rather than later. Again, you know, we're not in a position to where we have to rush them back, but I, I sure don't want them sitting off to the side and getting rusty. So, you know, hopefully we can get them back, you know, at some point before week one of the season. But if it takes that long, it takes that. If it takes that long, it takes that and long. And that's that's okay. I mean, you know, week one is not that far away, so that's that's a good sign. Maybe some of these guys, uh, their injuries aren't so bad. Yeah. And they can get them back. Other issues, too, though, including the uh, indefinite suspension of wide receiver Jai Hall, mm-hmm. uh, which Coach Shock also addressed, and we'll, we'll have more on that coming up as well. But uh, there's still plenty of optimism there in the locker room. There it's is. just uh, already the Longhorns have taken some pretty big hits in the season that haven't even started. Look, yet. it would be worse if they weren't prepared for something like this. And right. they, Usually you would expect these these coaches to be prepared for things like this because this happens every year. Absolutely. Give us a call. We'd love to hear from you. 512-834-1027 is the number here in the bullpen. He's Brandon Elkins. I'm Patrick Osborne. We'll be right back. is the bullpen with Patrick and Brandon on 1027 ESPN. All right, we're back. <laughs> Probably for the best of not listening to these morbid conversations we're having off That's the okay. air. Well, I mean, but you know, I'll say it time and time again. The best radio conversations are those that you never hear <laughs> because the microphones are up. I don't think they'd want to hear them anyway. Probably not. <laughs> they probably want to hear more about their Texas Longhorns, their Dallas Cowboys, their Houston Astros, and Everything else. And you know what? We're going to bring that to them. We're all, right? all that and we more. We are bringing that to you. We're just a bag full of goodies yes, here. Yes, sir. Uh, so before the break, talking uh, Longhorn football. And of course, we were talking about the uh, the various injuries, a couple of which are uh, season, season-ending injuries. Uh, others that uh, Coach Sark thinks probably will be able to start by the September 3rd, you know, beginning Hopefully. of the season. For Hopefully. That's, a, that's, a, that's a big load of optimism there, but we'll see. Yeah, I, but again, you know, what's he going to say? He's head coach. You know, he's got he's to be optimistic. He has to be honest, now, right? One of the, one of the big issues uh, also that the Longhorns are faced with right now is the recent arrest and then suspension of new wide receiver Jai Hall. Yeah. Uh, who on Thursday was arrested for uh, removing a parking boot mm-hmm. from his car. And actually, uh, saw part of the affidavit here, the arrest affidavit here, and the arresting officer, officer said, uh, this is a quote, I was on patrol for the University of Texas Police Department uh, when another officer advised dispatch of a black male subject near 1900 San Jacinto that was irate over having his vehicle booted by UT Parking and Transportation Services. The officer stated he advised the subject not to damage or remove the parking boot because it was UT property 
I arrived on scene and observed the black male swinging a tire iron at the, at the parking boot. The boot was damaged to the point that part of it shattered, completely separated from the wheel of a Jai's vehicle. Hall had been warned previously by multiple officers not to damage the parking boot, and so the rest is history. Yep. So, uh, criminal mischief is the charge yep. between, I believe, what, $100 and $750 or something like that. Mm -hmm. And so there are a lot of people going, all right, well, it's not the, not the worst thing that could have ever... And it's not. It, it, Certainly it not isn't. the worst sure. thing. Sure. Did he make the right choices in those moments? No. Obviously not, but in, in the grand scheme of things... Big deal. Can't say that I blame him for being pissed off the about this parking Yeah, boot, exactly. Though. People do crazy things would. when they're mad about parking. But uh, during uh, during uh, Coach Stark's address to the media yesterday, he, he kind of indicated that the suspension, the indefinite suspension of a Jai Hall is, is about far more than uh, than just this one issue. Sure. And uh, actually weighed in a little bit on that uh, a little further. I think the last order of business is just the suspension of Ajay Hall. We're working with Ajay. We're working with his family to get him in a in a, in a situation where, where he can be a really functional part of this team. You know, the goal for, for him, the goal for us, is to play great football at the University of Texas, graduate from the University of Texas, and uh, be a great teammate, and walk out of here an even better person than, than he did when he arrived. And so we're putting all the pieces in place to, to help him do that when the time is right we'll have him back on our team but you know I think like anything everybody's at a different stage of their career my job as a coach is to put our players in the best position to be successful not just in football but in life in the classroom I felt like this this situation called for that this was not something that was based off of one incident this is this is something that was a body of work that I felt like I need to help the young man and that's what we're going to do and I think that he's uh, been very receptive to it and hoping when he does come back and join us, he's going to be in a really good spot to help contribute to the team. You know, I sounds love like that answer. Sounds like he's got a goal, a kind of a plan in place to, to help get get the young man back on track. That is why kids want to play for this guy, because that answer right there, he is more worried about him as a human than he is as a player. Yeah, and he's talking to his family. He's trying to get him the help he needs. He clearly recognizes that there's something going on. And he is getting to the bottom of it. And the way he explained all that just now would make, I feel like, should make any kid want to go play for this guy. Like, he yeah. is a player's coach. He worries about you more as a human than as a player. And that is the most important, I think. And probably make parents of, of these, you know, prospective yeah. Longhorns feel he, good about sending them off to play for him. Exactly. And he even mentioned making sure he graduates or, right. you know, gets his education at that school. Which I would argue for most kids, because let's face it, most kids that go play college ball aren't going to the NFL. Yeah. So that should be priority number one for all of them. Yeah. And I don't care how good you are. I, uh, yeah, of course. And especially with, you know, having to transfer from a different school, maybe you're feeling like nobody... Everyone's out to get you, and nobody wants you around because he got you know suspended so many. And you know you make your choices, you know, and that he got suspended for a reason. He had to leave that school for a reason. But instead of, you know, I don't know, and I don't know anything that happened between him and Coach Saban. Maybe they actually. I've heard nothing but good things about Coach Saban. I know he's a good guy. Sure, he's also a player's coach, so you don't think that he would give up on a player and just let him go. But maybe that's how he feels, and you know, coming here and talking to Coach Sark, and then. Hearing that answer, knowing that he's got your back no matter what, will make you make you know not only want to feel like you don't want to get in trouble anymore, but you know just make you make you feel like you're a good person and you're wanted. Yeah, yeah, and that's huge. I, I, uh, I especially with all this mental health stuff going on, you know, you just you just don't know. He, he wants him to mature. I mean, clearly there was an issue, like you said. Yeah. I mean, you know, he he came he came here to Texas in April after being suspended at, by by Nick Saban over in Alabama. Right. 
So this is twice now. Yeah. And, and about a year he's, he's faced a suspension. And it's not just this incident, he says, as no, to why right. he's being suspended. So it just it just makes it clear that he's not giving up on him. He you know, he could have just said, yeah, he's suspended. I don't really. That's all I really have to say about it. But he went into full detail about how he wants to help this kid, and I love that. Yeah, uh, and and you know he was he was. I mean, he's real optimistic about the tra- trajectory that he's seen Jai Hall on. Yeah, and uh, you know he said that I, I I didn't expect him to come in here to be the complete player. In fact, all I want from my guys is to progress, yeah. and that's what I've seen mm-hmm. in this guy. So still. Probably a bright future for this kid there I at hope UT. So. Yeah, uh, but for right now, he's going to have to learn, uh, you know, a thing or two about uh, maturity. As and, Coach Sark, puts you know, it. Coach even gave him assurance that he most, you know, if he does the, the things he needs to do, he'll be back. So we've got this a giant hall suspension. We've got these multiple injuries, and uh, here's Coach Sark one more time on all this. We competed our tail off Saturday. We ran well over 100 plays. It was well over 100 degrees. We conditioned afterwards. They ran gassers. There was great spirit on the team. We had an off day yesterday and came out and had one of our more energized practices we've had in camp. So I think the psyche is really good. We've got good leadership on the team, and we've got a lot of hungry young players that provide a lot of juice as well. So still. Still sounds like he's he's seeing. I mean, obviously he's going to see a lot more than guys like we, like you or me, would see. You or sure. I would see. So, uh, Look, I think injuries he, he's happen. Liking what he's seeing. Yeah, injuries happen. It's it's just how you respond and adjust and move and progress progress forward. Yeah. And I think, as you can hear in the way he talks, they've got the right guy to to push him forward right. and get him through this. Right. Uh, so for, uh, moving on now to the NFL gridiron. Did you hear? I don't mean to make light of CRT. Uh huh. But sometimes I think maybe they need to check Michael Irvin's head. Oh, you hear what this guy said? I didn't. Well, but I, I can't wait. All right. So, uh, as as you know, the the Cowboys uh, committed 17 infractions uh, in their preseason game over the weekend against the, the, the. You know, right? Uh, 17. We're going to do really hard to make sure we don't get any more penalties anymore. So, according to Michael Irvin, quote: If the Dallas Cowboys clean up these penalties, they'll be chasing the undefeated 1972 Miami Dolphins. When you got the number one offense, clean up these penalties, they'll what? be chasing the 72 Dolphins. And of what? course, the 72 Dolphins they won the Super Bowl after going undefeated that whole season. Only team, only team to ever do it. To ever do it. Pats almost did it. What was it? Oh seven, oh eight. Almost. Almost, but they didn't quite. They lost one. Uh, To Eli Manning, of all people. Oh, my God. (laughs) Uh, But how about the 2022 Cowboys? We doing it here? We we going undefeated all the way? I don't think so either. What are you talking about? Which is why we got to check Michael Irvin for, I don't know. Man. uh, Maybe maybe he's doing some boxing we don't know know about. Come on. It's Michael Irvin. He knows what he's doing. He knows exactly what he's saying. He is getting his two cents in this thing. He's going to get his... 15 minutes of extra fame, not like he needs it because he's on TV all the time. What do you do? Like, stop it. Stop it, Michael Irvin. <laughs> no one believes you. No one thinks they're going to go undefeated. Get out of here. Yeah, I, I don't think that uh, Coach uh, Mike McCarthy thinks so either, although he does say, you know, we all recognize that uh, this is, this ain't the regular season. It's still we preseason. We all recognize it's preseason. Yeah. yeah we, <laughs> we, know, we know it's preseason. <laughs> right. We all recognize that. <laughs> Well, you know, this this Michael Irvin saying, "Oh, we're gonna go undefeated." They're like, well, ha, 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 I, I don't know about that. Uh, he, I mean, he was. Yeah, yeah I want to tell I you that he's the most dynamic. Mike McCarthy. I have not practiced that at all. Really? So you're welcome. Yeah. Well, you had me. You had you're me welcome, fooled. Austin. You had me you. fooled. Uh, certainly not the most dynamic fella I've ever seen behind a microphone, uh, Mike McCarthy. But you know, seems like a 
Stand-up for guy. someone who has to hear him, hear him talk twenty to thirty minutes a day every day, yeah, he's not the most entertaining guy. I'll to tell hear. you who I'd rather I'd to. rather hear him talk over guys like Shaquille O'Neal though. Uh, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. At least he's got personality. Icy hot back patch. Oh yeah, my back hurts. You see him in the commercial where he's walking in someone else's shoes and she's walking in his shoes. Yeah. It's hilarious. Yeah, when I was a kid, I love that guy. What, he, you know, he's a cop in Florida in his hometown. Yeah, I heard he something lives? about that. He's like a Deputy sheriff or something like that? Taking a page out of Steven Seagal's book. I love Shaq. I don't know what you're talking about. It's not that I don't love Shaq. I just don't like hearing him talk. I just, you know, I get it. I get it. You're one of the best basketball players of all so time. Mean. So mean. So rude. How dare you? Well, look, no, he didn't get paid to be a... We're to, talking to, about Mike McCarthy here, all right? Let's make fun of one person at a time, please. <laughs> okay, let's talk about Mike McCarthy. All right. Uh, so the Cowboys, t- speaking of Mike McCarthy and his Cowboys, they have announced five players have been waived in the first round of roster cuts. And it begins. Uh, yeah, so uh, 53-man roster prediction after uh, preseason week one uh, is uh, slowly uh, taking shape. Uh, so they're going uh, down to... The list is down to 85 now, and then by August 30th, the Cowboys are going to have to cut an additional 32 players. Uh, but right now, uh, what we're looking at uh, in these uh, wave injured cuts uh, is uh, cornerback Kyron Brown, uh, fullback Ryan Nall, tight end Ian Bunting, wide receiver Ty, uh, Ty Freifogel. Do, <laughs> Do it. Freifogel. Is it? Yeah, I'm sure. sure and then uh, defensive lineman Austin Faulio. Nice. Uh, well done. I'm I was trying, wondering where you are going to go with I'm those. Trying. That was really good. Trying. Proud that. of you. Uh, so, and, and I'm guessing I could be wrong, but, uh, Falio, uh, maybe like, uh, Samoan perhaps. Sure. Oh, I lived in Samoa for a year and a half. So sometimes these Polynesian names stick out to me. Yeah. I like to try my hand to see if I can remember all these years later how to pronounce. Uh, so, so and in case you know, wave injured me It's a measure the NFL uses to prevent teams from stuffing a bunch of guys on the injured reserve list. Yeah. You don't really pay too much attention to the, the first couple cuts. It's when you get down towards the end, uh, you know, when players are really battling for position where you. You kind of pay a little bit more attention to that because usually there's a surprise here or there uh, from those last bit of cuts. Right. So we've we've seen the Cowboys now uh, uh, seventeen infractions against the against the uh, Broncos. Well you, done. They've they've made some cuts now in the early uh, the early going here. And uh, Mike McCarthy was asked if he's planning to tweak practice or change anything after what he saw from their uh, their first preseason game. Absolutely. I mean, it's I mean, you're, you're in we're we're in corrective mode. I mean, that's uh, I mean you're in that mode after every practice. Uh, but now you got you got live reps. You know, we had eight, you know 80 plays on offense. I mean, it's uh, you know that, that that's that's incredible. That's a lot of video. You know, 71 on defense. So um, you know just you. Just like anything, you go through, we call it the Cowboy Six, all the fundamentals and all the techniques, the pros and the cons, and you know what we can build on. Obviously, the penalties was a was a was a big topic today in the correction time together, and you know you go through those and uh, show show everybody exactly how they're broken down. Uh, you know the emphasis, you know moving forward, and you know in that just like anything, you always tilt your practice structure um, and what you're getting done. On a weekly basis, to what you want to improve on, and frankly, I mean that's what that's what we're doing right now. Uh, but you know, we we start tomorrow. You know, our walkthrough and our work tomorrow morning will be you know getting ready to to for Charger Week. I mean, we got, we got a lot of work coming up with the Chargers. You know, Wednesday, Thursday, two big practices, and then a then a game Saturday. But yeah, I mean, we're we're kind of in a post Sunday evaluation mode. I mean, it was the first time the coaches had, you know had to really go through, and you know, we have a. a grading analysis that we're trying to improve on from last year and we're always trying to be better as teachers i'm trying to be better but you know better teacher and but yeah you're always you're always emphasizing correcting and in the tweaking your plan to, to move forward are any of you still awake out there Man. hello 
Hello, anybody awake? Good morning. Yeah, I know. This Mike guy. McCarthy has finally stopped talking. Sometimes he talks, and I feel like dead guys crawl out of the earth and go, dude, liven up. Did you not just see me slam my head against the table because he put me to sleep just now? Sounds like it might hurt. <laughs> uh, but, uh, you know, so... He, I mean, when, you know, when it comes to the, the, their next scrimmage against the Chargers, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And so, you know, McCarthy was asked if things might be the same or any different compared to what happened with the Broncos. Uh, it'll be a little different. You know, I mean, it's still situationally emphasized. You know, as far as the rep distribution will be similar. I mean, you know, we want to work the, the first group as much as we can Wednesday and Thursday. So there you go. Okay. There you go. Thank you, Coach. Yeah. That was the quickest I've heard you speak. Thank God. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> we got more Cowboys talk coming up as well. Some Houston Texans talk, a little Major League Baseball talk, Tiger Woods and the Live Golf. Maybe not quite what you're thinking. Interesting. But there is a little connection here. We got all that and more coming up. 512-834-1027 is the number here on the bullpen. Who are you? I'm Brandon and Elkins. I'm, and I'm Patrick Osborne. This is the bullpen. Bullpen with Patrick and Brandon on 1027 ESPN. That's where you find yourself on this Tuesday afternoon. I didn't say morning this time. You know, it's okay if you did. I I, I think plenty of people can relate to you either way. Well, welcome back to the bullpen. Patrick Osborne, Brandon Elkins with you. 512-834-1027 is the phone number here. We love spending this hour with you every day. Talking a little Cowboys before we went to break. And uh, hearing a little bit from uh, head coach Mike, uh, Mike McCarthy about uh, you know whether or not he might be tweaking practice or changing anything after the 17 infractions committed by the Cowboys uh, in their scrimmage against the Broncos. We won't make you hear that again. And they've also been uh, you know practicing, doing live practices with other other teams. And uh, McCarthy was asked, you know, if, what he thinks about these live practices and whether or not, you know, they're they're paying some dividends for him. Oh, uh, yeah, definitely. I think that's a variable. I know the players, you know, it gets a point. You can see, I mean, you can almost put a clock to it. You know, when you get up to the install number six, seven, and eight, it starts to get edgy, you know. And in my history of, of install practices, you know, seven and eight are, are a little different because you you got some auxiliaries in there. you got some, you know, certain things that you, you don't do in a normal install. So, you know, defense has got some exotics, too. So the defense frustration gets a little higher but uh, so I and that to me that's been like that my whole time in the league so I, I think there's definitely I think it's human nature you know you've been practicing against a guy for two weeks really only one week in pads where you've been practicing against a guy in two weeks and you know it, it's and it's time to move on to you know to, to another opponent so I definitely do think that helps so there you go he's right and that's kind of where, we, him, where yeah. we stand with the Cowboys where we stand with the where Mike McCarthy stands I think there really is an advantage to playing live scrimmages like that because I, I couldn't agree more yeah because like you said not only you just get frustrated and you get annoyed with your teammates practicing against them every day for weeks and weeks and weeks yeah. and also I don't know I feel like it kind of gets you game ready a little bit because uh, you, know, you got to prepare so. for other you know yeah another team so yeah uh, and in case you're just tuning in, uh, as, as we kicked off the Cowboys talk with a little uh, mention of Michael Irvin, and uh, he thinks that if the Cowboys could knock off the 17 uh, infractions, 17 penalties, they can go undefeated like the 1972 so Miami Dolphins. does that mean 16 penalties are still okay? I, whatever he, it takes. He didn't specify. He just said as long as they don't get 17, 17. penalties again. Like not knock off that seventeenth, fellas. I want to know sixteen who, is I one thing. Seventeen's absurd. Who published that story thinking this makes sense? Let's throw it on there. Let's. You know, I think people will like this. I'm sure, Mike was probably like, "Hey, come here. I got something to tell you, <laughs> Mr. Reporter Man." Uh, Take it to the bank, man. You're gonna be famous. As we mentioned, uh, the Cowboys have uh, made a few cuts 
Uh, so have the Houston Texans, who have also began sla- begun slashing their roster. Do we know that? That other football team. Oh, the other football team. Uh, the, <laughs> the, the, the former home of the Houston Oilers, the Love You, the Love you Blue Oilers. Aw. Uh, a, a, a city that still despises Bud Adams to this day. I love me some Warren Moon. Well, you know, Bud packed up the Oilers and moved off to uh, Tennessee like overnight. and. Uh, who? Never heard of them. Uh, they, I think Houston's lucky, though, that they've gotten a team like the, like the Texans over the years. I wasn't really sure if they were going to really kind of develop can't have, the like, fan the base. The number they, two market in the in the country not have an NFL team. That I mean, just but they bonkers. didn't for a while. I know. You know? Well, and, and, and when they first rolled back into the scene as the Houston Texans, I kind of laughed. I'm like, really? You couldn't have couldn't done better than That's not very creative. They've had some good, decent years. They've had some decent years. <laughs> and that's about as that's it, about It the is really surprising that this team has just had some going to be Hall of Famers, and they've just never really gotten their footing and been a consistently good team. Yeah. And it's just so surprising to be in Houston and not be able to put a decent product on the field from the NFL. It just, yeah. It's so weird. Well, and the frustrating thing about the Tex- being a Texans fan, I, I think one of the most frustrating things is how consistently the team has sniffed the postseason. Yeah. But... Just consistently failed to do yeah. anything. Yeah. Uh, you know, toward the end of the year, uh, but they One have day, they have made Texans a few cuts. Fans. One day, uh, they've uh, so far they've uh, er- made early cuts to a veteran defensive end Jordan Jenkins, uh, veteran wide receiver Chad Beebe, uh, as Chad well as Beebe. Chad Beebe. Oh wow, not Don Beebe, former. Former Don Beebe? <laughs> Formerly known as Don? Formerly known as Don Beebe? I thought he was disguising himself, trying to get one back the, in the league. One of the fastest little guys I ever saw on the field, Don Beebe was. Go Pack Go. Uh, also, a B.J. Emmons, uh, tight end. Um, and uh, let's see, and then Harris, Harrison Elliott oh, okay. uh, as well. So those those are uh, the, some of the cuts made so far early in the uh, preseason by the Houston Look, Texans. Look, we want to talk Houston Texans when there's something to talk about involving the human, Houston Texans. I promise. So win for us, fellas. Yeah, please win. just start winning and... You'll get us to talk to you. Is that not good enough? Now, here's something cool <laughs> out of Houston, though. Uh, it's uh, The Houston Texans can finally celebrate a first oh. in the Greg Grissom era. Owner. Owner uh, Got Greg it. Grissom. Got it. Uh, they announced this week, they're part, actually today they announced, they're partnering with a Houston-based cryptocurrency company called BitWallet. Okay. And they're uh, going to become the official digital currency wallet of the team. And Texans fans will get the opportunity to purchase single-game suites with cryptocurrency using BitWallet <laughs> as the intermediary. Excellent. Uh, in fact, the Texans are now the first team in the NFL that's actually sold a suite through digital currency. They sold it to a Houston-based uh, full-service digital market marketing agency. Uh, but there's a lot of optimism, a lot of excitement about this. Uh, BitWallet, or I, I should sorry, uh, Texans president uh, Greg Grissom says that they're, they're very proud to partner with BitWallet and offering an exciting option for fans who are looking to enjoy Texans games in one of the suites. Uh, of course, digital currency has become a primary means of payment, and by partnering with BitWallet, uh, the uh, CEO for BitWallet, John T. Perone, says the Texans are leading the way here in the NFL. It's first time, first time in history a precedent has been set. Yeah. Um, partnership goes into effect immediately. So if you're a crypto guy or gal, uh, maybe looking to buy yourself a, a suite there it's at the, a, the Houston Texans. It, uh, it, Where do they play? Is it, it, it still NRG? I don't know. Yeah, and it sure. used to be Reliant. Sure. One of those two. I just That's cool and all. I just feel like this might not be the right time to uh, announce such a thing with Bitcoin and, and cryptocurrency. The things crashing. Crashing and burning left and right, and it has for the past few months. Um, I know they say buy the dip, and some people are probably getting in pretty low here. But is that Wall Street speak? Godspeed. Is that Wall Street speak you just threw out there? Something like that. Buy the dip. I tried to throw that out there earlier. Yeah, buy the dip. 
Okay. Basically, like, not like you know, Copenhagen or when something When it's red like that. going down. Okay. You know, oh, I got you. Stock right, prices right. is dropping. The pri- crypto price is dropping. I thought you meant like skull. It's dipping. You buy the dip. Gotcha. Wait for the rip. Gotcha. <laughs> I take some stock tips from you. Although I don't know about that. I'm not. Uh, I see. I was never sold. The only time I was really sold on crypto was before it became a big thing. Before the government got involved. I know. In it. I look. Once the government got involved, I'm like, all right. Well, it's tainted at this point. I don't want anything to yeah. do with cryptocurrency. I feel like everyone has their story of where, like, they had an opportunity to get into Bitcoin many years ago, mm-hmm. and damn it, why didn't I? I mean, a lot of guys <laughs> made a killing. A lot of them did. I uh, hope. Hopefully, they uh, they didn't throw all their money in there for. For what happened, you know, recently, yeah. but a lot of people oh, could have made a killing. They didn't see. Yeah. They didn't see the, the, you know, the spike coming, and they sold everything. Uh, like know, it crested, and it was good for a while, but yeah, it has been crashing and burning lately. Yeah. So I hope that works out. Yeah. I know a lot of people do have a lot of money in crypto, and they're rich off crypto. So there's, I'm sure there's plenty of you know people out there who will do that, but. Godspeed. Yeah, it's a pretty cool thing. I mean, it's, you know, it's interesting. It just it feels Texans. like the wrong time with how everything's going. I but hear you. I guess you got to do it at some point. We'll see how well it works out for him yeah. in this inaugural season of we'll it, an and we'll see if other that. teams follow suit as well. Ooh, I hope not. But I'm with you. I I, I I probably could have thought of a better time. Yeah. And I mentioned uh, the government there. Uh, speaking of the government, the N- the NBA has decided it's not going to be holding any games on Election Day. Okay. Uh, November 8th is uh, the midterm election. You've got 435 U.S. all 435 U.S. House seats up for grabs. More than 30 Senate seats up for grabs as well. So the league schedule for the coming season is going to have all 30 teams playing November 7th, but nobody playing on November 8th. Uh, The NBA is hoping teams are going to use November 8th as an opportunity to encourage fans to get out and vote, amplify the need for civic engagement, that kind of thing. Uh, Kind of a rare move for the league, though. I mean, typically they don't play games on Thanksgiving and Christmas Eve, and they try to avoid scheduling games on the uh, the NCAA's men's uh, basketball championship. But other than that... You know, uh, the NBA is not one to usually say, oh, yeah, we're not, we're not going to play today. We're going to forego that revenue. But uh, apparently they're, they're, they're NBA looking. NBA will be just fine. No, they're, they're not going to. But gonna. I, I still don't understand. I think it's great. I don't understand why Election Day isn't a, you know, federal holiday because a lot of people, you know, have to work and don't aren't able to vote. And now it's it feels like it's getting a little harder with mail-in voting and stuff like that. So yeah. a lot of those people have been, you know, disadvantaged in that point. Um it should. Uh, I, that's all. I, it's great. I, I think everyone everyone needs to vote. Everyone should vote. I agree. I, I feel like everyone should always have the means to vote. Yeah, so I agree. I think for me, uh, sport, especially baseball, has always been kind of my purest form of of uh, exiting reality, so mm-hmm. to speak. Which is why I had such a problem in 2020 because everything got so political including sports, and sure. I, I couldn't disconnect from it. Sure. Uh, and so I wonder if there are going to be people out there who are like me who are looking at this going, come on, man, I really wouldn't mind watching an NBA game to forget about Election Day. And, you know, uh, because it's going to be in your face every single day from now all the yeah. way up to then. I think it's a great idea, certainly beyond just great idea on paper. I think it really is a good idea. Uh, but I think there are going to be a lot of people out there like me who are like, mm, yeah, but I still wouldn't mind catching a game today. I don't want to hear about these 435 house seats anymore. Totally you know, valid. You know? Yeah, totally so. valid. It makes sense. Um, it is just one day. But civic engagement, too. it's important. It's very important. You know, and especially in the modern climate in which we live, I, you know, it's important to get out there and make your voice heard. So I, this, I think what the NBA is doing, it's, it's a good idea here. This yeah. could also invite people who normally don't think about voting sure. and realize, oh my gosh, I should vote today sure. because... NBA is not playing. Wait, why are they not playing? Because election day. Oh yeah, it's election day. Maybe I should go vote. Which you know, probably that scenario isn't going to happen 
maybe it may happen like 1% of yeah. the country. But, yeah. you know, that 1% counts. So yeah. you never know. So, you know, good for the NBA trying something sure, different here, yeah. trying to get people out to vote. Uh, over the baseball now where uh, this is a real unfortunate situation that's happened there in San Diego. Mm. With uh, I mean, when your last name is Tatis, yeah. you got a lot of expectations sure placed do. upon you. Uh, and f- for those of you who don't know, Fernando Tatis Jr., superstar with the Padres, suspended for 80 games for technically for what a I guess would be considered. Medication. Yeah, I mean, I, it's a it's a banned substance. You could argue well, PEDs, but technically this is not at all what it does. One of the components of this ringworm medication that he took. Clostable. Ha, ha, yeah, yeah, has that, which is obviously banned from. Anabolic steroid, yeah, exactly. Yeah. But uh, apparently uh, Tatis Jr., what, a ringworm on his neck, right? Yeah. And his his old man, the OG Tatis, Fernando Tatis. Haven't heard from him in a while. No, he's <laughs> he's speaking out now. He is he is Shocker. furious about this. Oh, I'm, I'm so shocked. Um, and he's worried that this is going to really impact people. It's going to make them not want to watch baseball, especially those that are from the Dominican Republic. Sure. Uh, and uh, he, he's out here. He's saying, look, the, he says this is a catastrophe. What's taking place? Not just for Junior, but for all of baseball. Millions of fans going to stop watching. He says, well, I don't know if that's going to happen. I don't believe that. But as, as he says. This is, he calls it insignificant, and he says it's a topical. What came out positive in Junior's body is something that doesn't give you strength, first of all, doesn't amplify your weight training regimen, that's second, doesn't have any testosterone, that's third, doesn't contain absolutely anything that would give you an edge in the game. He says what has occurred is a catastrophe for baseball. And if all that's true, I don't know if catastrophe is the word I'd use, but certainly I would say excessive. Sure. 80 games, you know? Uh, well, look, you, you use a banned substance, you're going to get popped for it. That's just how it is. Um, and I, I there, there's a quote from Tatis Jr. himself saying, I should have used the resources I had available to me, which means that he probably had a different type of, I don't know why I keep, have to keep saying, ringworm medicine uh, that was clearly didn't have any banned substances and was approved by the league. Why don't you just do that? Why, why do you need to go off and use something different that makes it suspe- suspicious you know, and, and makes you wonder if it really was what he was trying to do or if there really was something else to that. Unfortunately, in post-steroid era, it's it's hard to take anybody's word for it. Yeah. You know, I mean, never forget Raphael Palmero up there pointing his finger to Congress. Turns oh, out he was one of the biggest I agitators remember. of it, yeah. you know? Yeah. So, it's yeah, you're right. It's hard to take anybody at face Palmero. value. I, I did, too. Him play. He was a Mariner killer, too. And he, was, he was great with the Rangers. But, look, guys have survived this in the past. Tatis Jr., just do what you need to do. Get back. Be the mature guy. Stop getting in motorcycle accidents. Don't don't <laughs> use do anything that. that isn't approved by the league. Get back to playing. Get back to what you're good at. And he'll survive this. He'll get through this. As long as he does what he needs to do, he'll survive this. Yep. It's, it's, this is not the end of the world. He may not make it to the Hall of Fame, but you know he could also reinvent himself. And as long as he does what needs to be done... I'm sure he'll be. St- I'm sure he'll be fine. Yeah, absolutely. We got to take a quick break, but Sean, we see you holding on there. We'll uh, come back and we'll get to your call as soon as we're back from this break. Five one two eight three four one two seven is the number. He's Brandon Elkins. I'm Patrick Osborne. This is the bullpen. This is the bullpen with Patrick and Brandon on one zero two seven ESPN. That is right. This is the bullpen. He's Brandon Elkins. I'm Patrick Osborne. Hi. This is one zero two seven ESPN. 
Earlier before the break, we were talking about the NBA and uh, their decision to uh, forego games on November 8th, which is Election Day. Uh, They want to uh, encourage civic engagement, get people out there to vote. And uh, Sean up in North Austin wants to weigh in on this. How you doing, Sean? Hey, fellas, first of all, man, hey, you got the skill working on the smart speaker. Now I don't have to listen to the static right. on the radio anymore. Yes. Hey, there you go. Well, oh, you got it working. But, hey, first of all, I also will say, hey, how does how does getting a haircut give you a ringworm? That's what I want to know. Well, I don't you know, with, I don't think it does. Yeah, I don't friend. know. Maybe, maybe, I don't know. <laughs> maybe you got it from the comb. No, or, I don't know. I don't know. Or Chase's dad said that's what got in the ringworm. But, anyway, all right. Love yeah, granted, on election day, by the time the NBA teams are playing – it's usually after the polls close anyway, but I understand. Yeah, you want to get away from it. You mm-hmm. want to see some basketball. But here's the other thing. Remember 2020? Yeah, it got political. It drove me nuts, too. But they started the thing where they were going to allow arenas to be used as voting sites. That's right. Right. Maybe, I do right. remember Maybe that. That's yeah. what they're looking at to open because if they're going to be open all day for people to vote and they're going to try to get a game going, let's say Spurs down at AT&T Center or even if that's the one game they play up here at the Moody. You know, they're using that, trying to get a game, and the polls close at 7. No, that's kind of physically impossible. So mm-hmm. it's it's a two-handed thing. They can get them, hey, go out and vote. Now, granted, I don't agree with a lot of the political stances of some of them, you know, but that's not for this station. <laughs> but We appreciate you. that. You know, but <laughs> the fact is, you're getting you're getting out to vote. You know, you know where the arena is because you come here to watch the game. So yeah. go vote and, you know. It worked. It makes sense. And yeah. that's and that's the missed revenue that they won't get during the game because they can open the concession stands. They can have fun things to do on the court. Oh, yeah. Right. You know, that's yeah, genius. And they're going to have the home games the night before anyway. They'll mm-hmm. all be playing. Those. So Every that, team. Yep. Some of those that they would be playing on the 8th, they'll have it on Monday the 7th or Wednesday the 9th. Now, granted, TNT won't have that Tuesday night game, but, I mean, they'll be uh, Charles and Shaq will be okay. <laughs> yeah, I think they'll <laughs> I be think fine, they'll too. Be just fine. Yeah. Yes, sir. Now, fair points. <laughs> fair points you make there, Sean. And uh, I, 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 I agree. You know, I, I get, like I said, I mean, I think for me it's just – Having that ability to, to have an escape, this separation from sure. politics, sports has always been it for me. And, and but uh, you make an absolutely fair point there. And yeah, if you want to catch a game, just watch it the night before. Amen. Right. And there'll be one the next day. Yeah. All right, Sean. We have yourself a Thanks, good one. Sean. Thanks for weighing in, my friend. Man, we have the smartest listeners. We got some I great. Swear we we do. got some great we listeners. Do. We really, really God, do. Y'all are so smart. Uh, so back to baseball. Uh, I don't know if you saw this. Uh, Anthony Rizzo. He got uh, he got clipped. Last I night by a pitch. Yeah, I heard some about it. Yeah, it. Uh, so, uh, who, who was on the bump? Let's see if I can remember. It was uh, uh, oh Ryan Yarbrough for the for the Rays. That's right. Okay. Uh, and it was uh, it was just the the third inning. Rizzo's up to bat. Uh, uh, Yarbrough pitches inside. Mm-hmm. Ball comes in and it hits Rizzo kind of on the the thigh, right around the butt. Okay. Uh, if you watch the if you watch the, the the video of this, Rizzo moves his knee a little bit. But he doesn't like move his whole body out of the way. So he gets hit. He starts to take first. The ump says, nah, 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 nah. Get back here. You didn't try to move out of the way. Oh, come on. Rizzo Stop flips it. out. As he put it, he got screwed over. Yeah. And I I, I personally tend to agree with him on this. And I don't where, even like where, defending against. He was against. hitting the, the inner thigh? Outer thigh. Just kind of below the butt. Well, where's he supposed to go? That's coming. Right, that's a direct hit right towards at him. him. So he gets back in the box. Two pitches later, strikes out. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> 
So, uh, you know. Uh, that's baseball, baby. Yeah. <laughs> I, so I, I just, I don't know if you saw that, but I, I that's, to me, that's it's just an ongoing problem with MLB umps. Yeah. Of course, Angel Hernandez, Joe West, I think are probably the absolute worst thing to ever happen umpiring in baseball. But that you know, neither of them were actually involved. At least in this we lost. At least we got rid of one of them. At least one of them finally retired. Yeah, yeah. But uh, but there's still a few CB Buckner out there. CB Buckner could could go, and I wouldn't complain. Uh, the one there's one that I also complain about a lot that was actually part of the uh, the Mariners game last night, and he actually. He actually called a 2-2 count, and Carlos Santana somehow convinced him to get into a 3-1. He had a 3-1 count. He <laughs> even made this video scoreboard person change it from a 2-2 to a 3-1, and then he walked. <laughs> and then he scored, <laughs> and then we won. <laughs> That's right, and you won against the Angels. Yep. Who, uh, and Shohei. And Shohei Otani, who, once again, more rarefied air for this man. Yeah. Uh, Look, and again, and I'm screwed over... Uh, Julio Rodriguez last night too. He had an absolute home run, and they all turned it uh, turned it uh, into a foul ball. Oh, was that? Same with New York. Mm. It clearly you could see on the replay that it was going behind the the foul pole. It was a home run, and they stole it from. And guess what he did? One pitch later, he struck out. Struck out. Of course he did. Well, baseball. Otani brought. Uh, he didn't have his, his best stuff on the bump last night, but he certainly had uh, still know, six good. strong. Yeah. Uh, he's now a 165 strikeouts, third most in Angels history through 20 starts, behind only some guy. I don't know if you ever heard of him. His name's Nolan Ryan. Yeah, I've heard of him. Yeah, Nolan. I heard he has a behind good statue twice. somewhere in Dallas. He had 211 strikeouts at the same point in 1977, uh, and then in '73 he had 183. Uh, Otani's uh, pitched 117 innings, qualifies him to be among the league leaders, struck out 165 batters, tied for first in the majors, 2.69 ERA. He's a freak. 11th best mark in the MLB, 6th best in the American League. This guy a freak. is in the best way possible. He's else. incredible. Uh, nothing, nothing at all about all of my predictions about this guy living up, uh, not living up to the hype. None of that is coming true. Uh, I could not have been more wrong about I'm thankful. that. Uh, I'm thankful you were wrong because guys, I'm glad I was too. Guy's phenomenal. Um, Last night, he didn't really have that slider working too well for him, but his heater was working pretty well. That four-seamer looked great. Yeah, he also uh, he threw like up... a knuckle curve in there that came out of nowhere. I don't know where yeah. that came from. Yeah. He just started showing that pitch, so just add another one to it. So now he's up there. Uh, call that a slurve. The slurve, right. right. He's up there now with names like Babe Ruth and Nolan Ryan and other Hall of Famers, and he's, as far as I'm concerned, still just a kid. Just wait till he gets on a good team. Right. Yeah, and, He's and got one more happen. year. One more year, maybe. As nonplussed as he year. seems about getting, going somewhere else, I think that he will. Dude, he just needs to stay healthy a year and a half at least longer, and he will He will get his payday. That's it for us. Patrick Osborne, Brandon Elkins here on the bullpen. Thank you guys. We'll see you tomorrow. Thank you